Thomas Earl, is Earl, Earl. back. It's the Earl Thomas podcast. No, it's the Lockdown Seahawks podcast. We're doing a quick show for you guys. Uh, Earl Thomas. It's an emergency has, podcast. It's, it's an Earl emergency podcast. Oh, that's better. That's and better. Uh, yeah, Earl Thomas has reported to the Seahawks. This is Grant Goldberg and Spike Friedman. Uh, we are going to talk just about Earl. We've talked about him all off season. Uh, the consequences of him not playing uh, throughout the off season. Uh, right off the bat, the team ceiling gets so much higher with Earl yeah. on the field. Uh, it's it's just the 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 capabilities they have with him on the field. It allows them to play completely different. The it just allows them to play a lot more free, a lot more loose. And it allows them to take more risks. Uh, I, I'm just well, and that's and that's actually a great point because you said the ceiling is higher, and I guess that's true. But really, the floor is higher because of the center field position Earl plays and the single high safety concepts that Pete Carroll has run for the last 375 years of his life. You know, you've got a situation where Earl Thomas being in there takes away big chunk plays in the middle of the field from other teams, probably two or three a game, which, you know, it just means that this team isn't going to be a catastrophe on defense, which without Earl, and and this is, no this, again, like this is about the floor, not the ceiling. They could have been a catastrophe. We don't know what Tedder Thompson is. We don't know if he's healthy, you know, and now we're in a situation where we know that this team could be good. So that's great. It's so much better. Yeah, um, there was just a. There's been a whole bunch of question marks throughout the whole off season about you know so many positions on defense and just having Earl back uh, eliminates the stress. It eliminates at least one question mark, if not a few, and it allows you know more things to fall into place when you're talking about the defense. You know, we talked about before uh, all this news broke that you know the the offense you know is as good as it's been. Uh, in the last few years, uh, judging off this preseason, you have Russell Wilson in his prime playing some of the best football of his career, and you don't want to to waste that with you know yeah. a type of uh, rebuilding or bridge year. And so, if you can be competitive and you have these core players like Earl and like Russell and Bobby and Michael Dixon, then you can be able to put together a run if things break right for you and Earl Thomas coming back is something breaking right for the Seahawks absolutely and look I'm still not optimistic about this defense I think Grant might be more so now Grant I don't don't know what this does to your projection for the season for me this brings the Seahawks back up to like an 8-8 if looking at the season honestly the pass rush still isn't there the linebacking core still has the question mark at KJ being out the corner, second cornerback position. So there's still too many question marks on this defense for me to think it's going to be an elite unit. There's still too many question marks on the offensive line for me to think that unit is going to be elite. I think, though, the potential for both of these units, like the upside, like now we're talking ceiling, the upside is both of these units are in the like 12 to 10 range in DVOA. Like, that's the upside for this team. Maybe the offense could be a little higher, but, like, that NFC, just the NFC has so many good quarterbacks, I don't know. Um, which is just to say, like, if you're there, then you are a wild card team. And that is, for me, what still the Seahawks upside is wild card, 9-7, 10-6, 12-10. and, seven, ten and six, 
maybe 11 and 5, but like probably 10 and 6 still. But we get to look at the season through the lens of maybe we get in the postseason and then maybe Russell Wilson magic happens. And like that's a much better place to be than maybe the kids will be okay. Maybe uh, maybe we won't be embarrassed by the Bears week two. See, like this is this is my train of thought, and you know I'm still looking for just the fun in this season. But the mm-hmm. sh- the the focus shifts from you know just having fun. Hopefully they can be competitive too. Okay, let's have some fun. But this team can win some games, and this team is going to be competitive. You know when. It just goes back to these two players, Russell Wilson and Earl Thomas. Now, there's a whole team around them. I get that. The pass rush is probably the biggest concern on the team right now. And so there's there's a lot of core fundamental things, uh, position groups that are still a big concern. But just having Earl Thomas, uh, that secondary solidifies so much. So even though the pass rush may not get home, the coverage will still be there at least a little bit more with Earl on the field. Uh, I, I'm, I, as, as far as wins go, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just gonna. I, I think the. Oh yeah. I, I think no. I was at at least eight and eight, nine seven, nine and seven. I think is the floor for this team. Uh, they can win anywhere from nine to even eleven games. I think it's it's just because uh, the NFC is so competitive and these teams are just gonna be beating the crap out of each other. And so I think that a lot of teams' records aren't going to be as great as, you know, th- their talent is on the team. And so if, if the Seahawks can win anywhere from 9 to 11 games, they're going to be right in the thick of things for playoff hunt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I see, I see that. I don't necessarily agree, but I see it. I think for me, yeah, oh, man, I had a really great point to make, and now it is lost to yeah. this. Well, uh, well, well, you think, well, you think, uh, here's a, a little bit more details. The Cowboys yes, had up their offer to a second-round pick. The Seahawks said no. Uh, they wanted more, obviously, for, for Earl. That's why a deal wasn't done already. And so um, there's going to be a corresponding roster move. Uh, in Earl's Instagram post, he said that, the disrespect has been well well noted, but uh, <laughs> he, he he said that he's never let down his teammates, his city, the fans, and he's, he wasn't about to this week. And so this just goes back to the type of competitor Earl is, the type of person Earl is. And I, I said this on Twitter not you know 20 minutes ago, but Earl Thomas is one of the three most intense athletes I've ever seen play any sport. And having a guy like that on your team, uh, pissed off or not, that's going to be a great addition anytime that you get a player like that back. Yeah, my hope is that, A, and I've heard this, like, I mean, obviously details are still coming out. We're recording this right after the news broke. But the details are that the fines are going to be lessened or zeroed out, which they should be, given that he didn't miss any regular season games. I, for one, am glad that Earl didn't have to play any preseason games and risk injury. That's great news. This is a win. Hopefully they look into a contract extension now that he's here. You know, I mean, we'll see what happens in that front. But I think I think the biggest thing is we talk about records in a vacuum. For Earl Thomas to not miss the games against the Broncos and the Bears is actually huge. Because with the, both situations, you've got question marks at quarterback. Whether that's Case Keenum, first game in a new system. Whether it's Mitch Trubisky, who's got a ton of upside but hasn't proven anything yet, also in a new system. 
Earl Thomas being there and getting potentially going, the difference between starting the season one and three versus three and one could be what Earl reporting week one instead of week five means to this team. That's the difference between making the playoffs and not making the playoffs, regardless of if I don't think the pass rush is good enough. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And we saw that on a different scale last year with Blair Walsh, that a couple games yeah. were contingent on his leg. We we kind of you know talked around that uh, that hypothetical during uh, – well, not hypothetical. It was a real-life situation. That situation – during the season, well, you know, they still have more games to play. We'll see how it shakes out. But, you know, in hindsight, those games were, you know, win or loss, won or loss on Earl, on not Earl, on Blair Walsh's leg. And so, you know, it's yeah, the same. Well, it's, there's also the camp, I was also going to say there's the camp chancellor holdout, too, where right. we lost games and early it, and in it, the year. And it took some time for him to get acclimated, too. Yep. Yeah. So for me, this is. The only way this could be a better case scenario was if they signed him to a deal that's essentially two to three more years guaranteed. You know what I mean? Like, right. that's the only way this could get better. And now that he's in camp, hopefully they'll negotiate. Hopefully right. that conversation will start. Now that so, Yeah, now that he's in the door, he's going to be in there. They have a lot more time to talk to him, talk to him and repair the relationship. However, yeah. I think the only way that this relationship gets repaired is if they make him the highest paid safety in football. Make him the highest paid. Well, and like, heck, you know, like, let him go out there and ball out for a week or two and then make him the highest paid safety in football. Yeah, there's there's time. This is what the, this move gives them. It's It gives them time yeah. and it also gives them uh, the best, you know, safety they've ever had. Best safety in football, arguably the best player they've had. So, yeah, this is great news for the Seahawks. And obviously, you know, this was worth, you know, recording a, a show – uh, just super quick so you guys can get our takes and we'd love to hear yours you know go on itunes leave a review uh tell us how excited you are about earl thomas coming back uh tell yeah. us on twitter i know i know that i'm excited because we've got those pff metrics coming in and they are great and ours are just gonna be so much better now that we have earl thomas back right and it and it's just it's so good for the whole city of seattle uh, he's he's something to rally around, and yeah. you know he's a great player to root for. So you know, being able to see him live, you know, in CenturyLink, that's you know a luxury that you know a lot of people don't have. So this is great yeah. for just all parties involved. God, you, and it's a great day to be a Seattleite. We got Sue Bird balling out. It's good. Yeah. It's just good. Everything's good. Everything's good again. Super uh, balling so out with great. a broken nose. I just wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. 14, 14 points in the last, what, five minutes? That's crazy. Anyways, yeah, uh, this is a football podcast. This is an Earl Thomas podcast. I am, I am yeah. so <laughs> excited. And uh, I was just going to say, look forward to our next show. It's going to be a crossover with Locked On Broncos. We're going to you know ask them some questions. Feel free to send in your questions you have for them to get any insight from the other team's perspective. But, uh, yeah, be on the lookout for that. Yep, absolutely. All uh, right. All Earl, right. So, ah, so yeah, good. for the Locked on Seahawks podcast and Earl Thomas coming back, I am Grant Goldberg signing off. And I'm Spike Friedman, and punting is still more important than defense. <laughs> all right. Thanks, guys. Bye.